Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. What's Romans 15? Uh, <laughs> right? I don't know. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time. The next 10 minutes, we're looking at Romans chapter 15, verses 14 to 21. And the question, as always, is, have you read it? Shaquille O'Neal, if you ever see this, thank you for the inspiration. How cool would it be to have Shaquille O'Neal on the, on the Yo, podcast? Yo, Shaq, if you, ever do, if you do ever see this, shout us out. <laughs> With that said, 10 minutes going on the clock. Three, two, one. So, Paul, man, listen, I got to be honest. There is not too many times in my life that I have come to Romans and gotten all the way to, say, chapter 14, 15, and 16. In one go, or what do you mean? Well, no, just the visiting. I mean, you know that, you know, we call them the Passover texts. You right. know, you, you have these go-to texts. You Matthew have, 1 is a great example. It's right. Like, oh, a genealogy. I mean, yeah, anything. I mean, let's think about it. When you start the, um, the year off and you're like, this year I'm going to read the Bible. You get to Genesis, good, good. bunch of narratives. Exodus, mm, all right. But as soon as you get to Leviticus. Uh, ah, time to look for a new devotion. How many people get the numbers in Deuteronomy, uh, right? And then anything after that, you might, you dabble a little bit in like Judges, got a few cool stories, you but know. But then you always want to jump forward to the Gospels. When was the last time somebody read the, um, the lists in First and Second Chronicles? Man. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like that sort of thing. Like in the New Testament, Romans 14 and 15, when you talk Romans, you're That's doing the part of it. Romans 4, Romans 5, Romans 6. It's 1 through 8, right? Yeah, that and are then, really like meaty. Right? And then if you could talk theology, like predestination and election and all that, you're doing 9 to 11. Right. Right? And if you're talking about, well, what is the fulfillment of the law, mm -hmm. right? You're going to get to Romans 13. And then the, famously, there's always the, you know, the, the Romans 14 problem of like meat or not, right? That deal? Yeah. yeah. What's Romans 15? Uh, uh -huh. 
right? I don't know. It's like Romans 16 there. I was like, well, Junior, Romans 16. There's at least that. There's the list and there's the proof texting for the women right, in ministry. Right, blah, blah, right. Okay. But 15 Romans, is like. 15. Uh, at least for me. Uh, Paul's just sharing his heart right? now, right? And I love, I love what he's saying because, I mean, he's getting here. He's like, verse 14, look at this heart where Romans Three is it three twenty? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory uh, of God. Right? We always frame ourselves that way. But look at what he says in fifteen fourteen. So, so you, what you're saying is like it's easy to rest on the first half of the chapter or whatever the number of chapters are, where he's just talking real bad about humanity as at large. Yeah. The Jews are wicked and rece- uh, rejected uh, God. The Gentiles are just uh, as bad. We've uh, all fallen. No one even seeks after God. Uh, but then Paul is and then as that, the pastor that he is. But then that really helps a certain theology. It does. To always frame somebody as a sinner and a sinner in the hand of an angry God mm-hmm. who has wrath. Mm-hmm. And unless you repent, he's going to visit you with these just ridiculous judgments and might send you to eternal hell. Right. Right. And yet he sees what God sees. He look at him. I myself am satisfied about you. Yeah, that's interesting. My brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another paul is actually like listen i know you guys have spirit you're able to instruct you have goodness you have i i i know this but but i love you i haven't seen you but i love you and on some points but on some points i have written to you very boldly by way of Reminder. reminder it's not a desire to indict condemn it's just a reminder you know these things because of the grace given me by god to be a minister of christ jesus to the gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of god mm-hmm. and i love that too in the priestly service what was paul's former life he was a priest well he was uh, sorry gonna be a rabbi right yes in pharisee yeah gamaliel right so where he might have been tempted in the previous life to create that distinction where I am of the tribe of whatever, circumcised on that day, doing this and this of the law without fault. Mm-hmm. But you, you're fallen short. Mm-hmm. You don't even seek after God. Now he's actually including them mm-hmm. in the priestly service of God. Think about Paul. What's Paul's main um tool for ministry seemingly that that he's left for us right it's his letters sure right? mm-hmm. paul was a digital missionary I lo- and day, i love it right you're speaking my language he was now. a digital missionary he was using the social media mediums of to, the day yeah. to, to proclaim right you know what's fascinating tell me is that he was a digital ministry missionary before he met christ hmm tell me what letters did he have in his satchel on his way up to Damascus? I actually don't know. He had letters in order to imprison those who were participating in the sect that was known as the way. Mm-hmm. And he had letters to go into synagogues. Killed. At least in prison. If not, he was a co-conspiracy, a co-conspiracy to murder. But that letter that he had that gave him this authority, what did it do? It divided a us versus them and it positioned those on the receiving end of the letter that he had as being less than mm. and in need of something in order to be corrected and isn't that the way we read Romans sometimes 
That is the way that we see Romans many times. And yet, because of his interaction with the living Christ, he now has a different sort of letter. And this letter is very plainly stating that they aren't missing or falling short, but that they are filled with goodness and knowledge. Because they're in Christ. That's right. Isn't that awesome? That's super cool. And that that's the transformation that he not only has for them in mind, but that's the transformation that God has in mind for each and every one of us. So yeah. that's the desire that we get the free gift of yeah. righteousness yeah. in us. Yeah. And so now he has this strong desire to just constantly keep at tip of tongue and top of mind the gospel of Jesus Christ to remind the Romans of their great, great inheritance. And then to frame the Romans as the sort of people that have a responsibility one to another. The Gentiles are grafted in and you Jewish believers in Rome, you have a responsibility to bear with their failings. That's right. Right? To be patient. To welcome them in. Because to do so, you're actually fulfilling the covenants. You're not fulfilling the covenant by you thinking that in Christ you then need to circumcise the snip snip. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's not what it is. You fulfill the covenant by believing in Christ Jesus and then mirroring Christ Jesus, the great servant of all. And Paul looks at him and says, and you know what? I'm absolutely confident that you have all of this, that you're filled with that, and that you don't need my instruction. But I write this by way of reminder. (laughs) How much do you think that um, Paul was being genuine in that? And how much of it do you think that he was being pastoral in that? In that he was um, (laughs) using his words in such a way to call the goodness out of them and, and encourage them to walk it out? Uh, that's funny, the, the positioning of genuine versus pastoral. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there is a difference in certain situations. Yeah, you mean pastoral in the sense of like calling the, the best out of somebody even though it's seemingly not present. It might be dormant. It might be dormant, right? Um, you know, I got to take Paul at his word mm-hmm. because Paul doesn't mince words when he... He's not afraid to call it out for what it is. He's not afraid to call it out for what what it is. And if what he's saying about being in Adam one and Adam two and that whole reality that Jesus is the corporate fulfillment of the promises so that everybody gets to participate. If you believe in him, he absolutely sees them through their created value, their legacy, their destiny, what God actually made them to be. So he believes all of these things because he's seen or has heard tell that they received Holy spirit, right? Look at this. He says in verse 19 or verse 18, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ so that Paul for him, it's all located in spirit. And I can't imagine that Paul would speak to the Romans this way without having full assurance that Holy Spirit actually fell on them. That's reality. And if Holy Spirit fell on them, it's reality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is what he bases his ministry on. Like, I mean, this is uh, Peter and and, and uh, Cornelius. You know, like I mean, Holy Spirit fell on them. What, what are you gonna f- do about it? <laughs> what you mean? It's real. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I have to take him at his word in that regard. Yeah. But I love his heart. I love his heart here. Right. His heart is one that really is clearly for everyone. Yeah. Yes, his heart's there for the Romans. Uh, 
the the Jewish brothers in Rome, as well as the Gentile brothers in Rome, and his desire is that they would learn to get along, that they would be able to be reflectors and mirrors of Christ. Mm-hmm. But Paul's putting his money where his mouth is. Mm-hmm. He's challenging them to go out and to, to minister to Gentiles, to welcome them in mm-hmm. as brothers. And uh, Paul's saying, hey, that's what I'm committed to doing. Yeah. That's how I'm living my life. Yeah. This isn't a, a double-faced thing. This is this is what I'm focused on, preaching mm-hmm. the gospel in places where Christ has already not been named yeah, yeah. or where Christ hasn't been named. Yeah, yeah. Even via this digital medium. Isn't that cool? That's pretty cool. Well, hey, guys. That was Romans 15. We'll see you guys in the next 10. We hope you enjoyed it.